0: And now, a Blaze Media Podcast. With America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, they become destiny. Hello, America. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This, of course, is the show where you come for the accent. And today you might stay or leave because of the tone of my voice and what I'm about to say. Why did I start the show by a short poem by a person you likely have never heard of? A person called Frank Outlaw. Because we need to have a conversation, America. We need to have a conversation, and you may not like what you're about to hear, and for that I apologize, but you need to hear us. Watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Let us start today's show by focusing on those simple two lines. What is America thinking right now, and what is America talking about right now? Full disclosure, I apologize for not being on the air last week. Why was I not on the air last week? Because I took some personal time out. I didn't reveal this for, to many people for security purposes, but it was my birthday last week, and my mother came over from Ireland to spend some time with me. And I was planning to work, but I just wanted to take some time out while I saw her. It was our first time meeting Tanya. It was the first time meeting all the in-laws and met some family, met some friends. And I just just wanted to enjoy some time without getting engaged in the world. And then as I started doing prep for this show this week, what is the one thought and the one story and the one words I have heard about all week long you want to guess everywhere i look i see it if i go through websites i see it if i go through social media i sure as hell see it and there is countless errors of energy of analysis of posts written about this story what is that story well in case you are living under a rock and you haven't heard will smith smacked Chris Rock oh my god what yes it's true apparently the Oscars were on last week would you have known that if this story wasn't so big well Chris Rock made a very subtle and very lame joke like I like Ricky Gervais I like Dave Chappelle I have a really dark sense of humor you want to hear the stuff me and my wife joke about that was a lame joke He made a joke about his wife's haircut and he initially laughed and then she scolded him and then he got up and stormed the stage and slapped him and then walked back and then, you know, started shouting about, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. And all week long, I've seen reports. Oh my God, is Will Smith going to lose his Oscar? Oh my God, the the Academy's going to take this seriously where where there's going to be serious repercussions. I've seen post after post defending Will Smith. I've seen post after post talking about Chris Rock and how he dealt with it with dignity. I've also seen post after post talking about toxic masculinity. I've seen post after post about how if you don't defend Will Smith, and this one pisses me off, I'm going to be honest. Because on the spectrum of being overprotective and underprotective of my wife, I am definitely on the spectrum of overprotective of my wife. But apparently, according to these people, if you don't support Will Smith storming the stage and smacking Chris Rock, you're a bad husband. And that you're somehow a weak man. This is the story that has galvanized America. So why am I annoyed? you get the country you deserve america and i'm not saying this to you i'm saying this and i'm including myself in this we get the country we deserve how much airtime has been spent on this story this week how much hot air has been spewed you know to my friends on the left who always want to talk about climate change oh my god the world is burning we have too much you know methane in the environments we have so much hot air maybe maybe the world would have been a better place if we didn't talk about this story maybe the world would be a better place if we didn't spend the airtime, the electricity and everything about it on this story well john you're talking about this story i'm not talking about the story i don't care I am worried about the precedent it sets, the amount of people who have defended Will Smith. That now if we go to see someone we don't like, we're okay with someone storming the stage and slapping someone, effectively assaulting them. Because that is assault. I wonder, would you well defend Will Smith? If I was giving a speech and I said something pro-American and someone from the left came and smacked me, would you defend them? This is an assault on free speech. But I wanted to talk about this story from a different perspective. Because everyone wants to talk about Will Smith and give their opinion on it. Here's an opinion. I don't care. I don't care. I could care less about Will Smith. I've never met him and likely never will i've never met chris rock likely never will but i will say this as someone who knows something about people behind the scenes they have zero in common with 99.99999 of the people who are consumed with talking about them they don't have anything in common with you they don't live the same lifestyle as you they don't have the same worries and concerns as you do their problems are so much different to ours. This is what America and a large part of the world has been consumed about this week. Now I'm going to give you full disclosure. A part of the reason I'm frustrated is I'm frustrated at myself. Because I'm the narrative guy. I'm the storyteller. I'm the one who goes out and talks about American exceptionalism. I'm the one who works with people behind the scenes on crafting their story and trying to get people to care about their story. I'm always open about my flaws. I'm frustrated because I would pay. I sit behind the scenes and talk to people. And I would give my bottom dollar, not that I have a lot of them left, because this country is so expensive right now. But I would do anything to have 1% of the media coverage that that story got on something that was really important. Because at the end of the day, whether your team will or team Chris, does it affect your life? Does it have any meaningful impact on your life? Good or bad? You see, my frustration stems from, for the rest of this show, we're going to talk about some of the stories... That have a real meaningful impact on your life. And sadly, a lot of the stories are not going to be positive stories. Until the last one. I have a story at the end that you're going to like. I actually have two. That are really important to understand. But these are stories that are happening. And so been ignored. And I would give my bottom dollar for Americans to wake up. And pay attention to even just one of these stories because america it's time to wake up america it's time to arise from your slumber america it's time to put the the anger the frustration the pissed off side of you to the side and it's time to get a work chris rock and will smith doesn't affect your life what i'm about to talk to you does first story America I leave you for a week one week and what do y'all do well you decided as a country to come together to get back into the old business you know the way you always hear these stories about you know there's always a family business there's a tradition in your family and there's always that one person who goes you know what I don't want to follow the family tradition and goes off and creates their own path and eventually, they always come back. They bring back their own skills. You know, the prodigal son returns home. Well, that happened this week. And did anyone pay any attention to us? What am I talking about? What, what, we're turning to what family business? What has America done in this week? America, under Joe Biden, is finally back in the regime changing business. Yes! Come on, America. Give me a round of applause. Yay! (laughs) Regime change. Is this what you want to be as a country? You know, you can love Donald Trump or you can hate Donald Trump. You can hate his tweets. You can say, you know what? Twitter should be banned for presidents. and We can have all those discussions. But look at what you had and look at what you have right now. That speech that everyone wants to call historic. Oh, well, you know, he's a thug. He has no business been in power. Really? This is a big story. And it has implications far and wide. First question for you to think about. And now for those that think I'm so sick of hearing you talking about Russia and China and all these foreign policy conflicts, they affect your life. And what I'm about to say affects you because you got to decide as a country and we got to decide as an Americans what we want our government to do. Do we want our government to call for regime change in another country? Is that the role of the presidency? Is that somehow constitutional in Article 2? Is that what you want? If you are even open to this, you're like, well, I'm not as opposed to it. Putin is a really bad guy. I'll come to that point in a second. But before that, how would you feel like if someone overseas called for the, you know, it's time Biden was taken out of power? That Biden is a thug. And that Biden has no position been in President of the United States. Would you as Americans go, yeah, you know what, you're right? Or would you kind of go, hey, we're Americans. We will decide who is our president. We don't care what you think. That's the first question. The second question is, because I've spoken to people about this this week, and they went, but John, you're one of the most anti-Putin people I know. You've been consistent on this a long time why are you so opposed to biden saying this i've heard you say what biden said and worse okay first off i'm not the president second off answer the question the first question third question is think about this strategically you see here's the problem that we have and here's where my frustration stems from the opening segment is that everyone wants to do a deep dive into Chris Rock and Will Smith. But no one actually wants to do a deep dive into the issues. I have seen more Putin crap written by Americans in the last three months. Or however how long this conflict has been brewing with Ukraine. I've seen more Putin crap been written in the last four years. Putin is a bad, evil, despotic government person. The only reason he is not the worst Russian that has ever lived is because Russia had Vladimir Lenin and Stalin. That's the only reason. He is that bad. But think about this strategically. You believe, if you're Russian, you believe in Mother Russia. You may not like Putin, but you believe in Russia. You don't like America, maybe. What's the one thing that you can do if you don't like Putin right now, that would galvanize you to support him if you have those opinions. It's the President of the United States going out. He has no right to be in power. He needs to be taken out. The vast majority of Russians would ask, act like the vast majority of you would. Hey, we'll decide that, not an American. And all of a sudden now, you have people who are maybe anti-Putin, but pro-Russia, all of a sudden not so anti-Putin. They'll take him out in the future, but right now, they're not anti-Putin. Looking at this conflict, is that what we need? Do we need Putin to galvanize support? In his own country, is that what we need? Because this conflict isn't going well. And there were reports that people were starting to say openly, hey, it's not going to be too much longer till he's taken out by someone worse. Now that would have opened a whole different set of worms. But those stories are starting to go away all of a sudden. Why? Because of what your president said. Why is he saying things like this? Is it just because he's macho? Part of me thinks that's what it is. So here's a theory for you. Part of me thinks Joe Biden is like... Do you know those small terriers? You know the, the little small... I don't know what you call them over here, but we call them terriers. They're like, you know... They're a tiny dog. They go up to quarter way up your shin and they always have that bark you know that that really high-pitched bark and they act like they're like 20 feet tall they bark like they're a husky or a a pyrenees or a labrador some tough dog that can go but they don't realize how small and timid they really are i think part of that is joe biden i think joe biden thinks he's a tough guy you see this with the whole look, you know, when he goes out with the leather jacket and the, the glasses, you know, oh, I'm so cool, man. Oh, look at me. Oh. You saw this when he was talking to Trump, you know, you know when he said those words about Trump, you know, part of me'd love to take him behind the behind the shed and you know, go at it, man. Yeah, Trump would kick your butt. He th- I think he legitimately thinks he is a tough guy. But really isn't. Reality has caught up to him. I don't think he was ever a tough guy. He doesn't strike me. I've met tough guys. I've been around many people in your military. I'm not saying I'm a tough guy, by the way. I've been around tough guys. Legit that you look and you kind of go, whoo, you know, I don't want to go against you. If I have to, I will, but I I don't want to. Biden never struck me as that type of person. Look at the way he acts sometimes with the media, the way he gets angry. Come on, man. He thinks he's a tough guy. No one's ever told him he's not. And now, sadly, or unsadly, depending on your opinion, you have this guy who is senile, who's making gaffes, who's making all these comments that his own administration have to walk back. Clearly not at the fullest of his capabilities. I think the frustration is there. And he wanted to get those words out. He wanted his Mr. President tear down this wall moment. Except he's not capable. He doesn't have the intelligence. He doesn't have the eloquence. And he doesn't have the cognitive abilities to do so. Which leads me to the next question. The response to these words. Oh, it was just a gaffe. Okay. Those words seem to be issued a lot over the last couple of months about this president. How he didn't mean what he said. Should he be in power? Is it possible, even if you're on the left, that one of these gaffes is going to lead to World War III? And is it worth the risk? Now, I'm not going to offer an opinion on this either way. Because while I include myself as someone who lives here and, you know, built, working to save this country and working to help this country, and responsibility wise, I include myself as an American, but I don't vote and I'm not going to get involved in impeachment processes. That word has been far overused. For the last six years by the left. And they haven't forgotten it by the way. They're now talking about the impeachment of Clarence Thomas. But is this something that should be discussed? Or is it all about Will Smith and Chris Rock? Which has a bigger impact on your life? Second story, and this links back to why I did a special two, three weeks ago about the left and the right, about America's role in the coming battle. I want to read something from Joe Biden's Twitter account that came out earlier this week. And the reason this is important is because Joe Biden didn't write these words. Do you look at Joe Biden and does anything strike you about him? Well, I, I guess he's on Twitter all the time. Do you even think he knows what Twitter is? Well, from his official POTUS account, I want to quote from you. Tweet earlier this week. We are now engaged you in the great battle for freedom. A battle between democracy and autocracy. Between liberty and repression. This battle will not be won in days or months either. We need to steel ourselves for the long fight ahead. Now, which is more important, that tweet which clearly came from his administration or the Chris Rock and Will Smith slapping story at the Oscars? Why is this so important? Let's break this tweet down. We are engaged in a new great battle for freedom. We are in a battle for freedom. That is probably the only part of that tweet that is factually true. Look around at the world, at what's happening right now, what's happened over the last three years. Do you see any semblance of a great battle for freedom? Or do you see tyranny winning? We are in a new battle for freedom. We are in a very battle for our very lives, for everything we consider quote-unquote normal right now. But here's where the problem starts. Because you have to understand, and this is not a Joe Biden only problem. This is a left and right problem. It's a battle between democracy and autocracy. Really? If that's the battle, America loses. When the battle is democracy and autocracy, America loses. Why go back and listen to the special from two weeks ago or three weeks ago, where I spoke about the upcoming ideological war democracy and autocracy they are very different but yet they have the same underlying foundations government control they believe government has the role to control every aspect of your life they just debate about which ones they will actually use and how many people get to decide it you see democracy if the battle is democracy versus autocracy upcoming I can't speak for you. I can't speak for America. I can only speak for myself. Not on my watch. I ain't fighting to save democracy. And I sure as hell ain't fighting to save autocracy. I despise both of them. Why? Because I believe in America. I believe in the Declaration of Independence. I don't believe in democracy. I believe in republicanism. I believe in God-given liberty, and that it's government's job not to decide what your rights are, to give you rights, or to take rights away, but to protect your God-given rights. Name a government in the last month, year, decade, that has defended your rights. Or have we just accepted that erosion of rights just happens over a period of time? It's a battle between liberty and repression. Well, considering you're a person who believes in mass mandates, a person who believes in vaccine mandates, a person who believes in ESG scores, a person who believes in all these government oversights, how can you talk about being for liberty? And surely your record says you believe in repression and oppression. You don't believe in giving people rights. You believe in just giving them the rights that you say they can have. But they are not theirs. They are yours to give. But here's the really troubling part. This was issued at the start of this week. The start of this week, we were broken up to news that Russia and Ukraine were going to have peace talks. And the propaganda out there, and I believe it was propaganda, my opinion... That Russia was going to stop its attacks on Kiev. It is Kiev, by the way, not Kiev. Every American always gets that wrong. It is Kiev. Hey, I'm European. I have a European passport. I know what's right. Don't question me. Only joking. But the start of this week, we had all those news. The reason I say that was propaganda was because, by most reports from the battle, he wasn't making much inroads towards Kiev. I said it for Americans. He wasn't making many inroads for Kiev. Everything he was doing was not going well. But he was making more progress on the outskirts, on eastern Ukraine, on the borders, where he was really dominant. It wasn't much of a concession. But there was peace talks. Now, if you have this, even if it is propaganda, that you're going to have a conversation, surely as the president, you'd be kind of going, you know what? We welcome these talks. The idea of ukraine and russia there's a chance even if it's only one percent there's a one percent chance this war could end very quickly yes there'll be people who will have died yes there'll be a lot of frustration yes there's going to be so much chaos because of the amount of people who have been moved who've been displaced by this war and it's going to take a lot of work to fix it but there's a chance peace could happen What was that that came from the president's Twitter account? This battle will not be won in days or months ahead. We need to steel ourselves for the long fight ahead. What fight are you talking about? Why would you say these words? There's a chance, even a 1% chance of peace, and you're talking about stealing yourself for the long fight ahead. Is it a chance that you want war? Is there a chance America could be on the wrong side yet again when it comes to government, when it comes to fights, when it comes to wars overseas? Now to those who want to just blame this solely on Joe Biden, my frustrations on this battle are not just with the left. My my frustrations have been with the right as much as this on this topic. I voiced my displeasure when George Bush was talking and he was going into Iraq and Afghanistan, calling it the democracy project. We need to have a democracy project, really? Why is America spreading democracy? Surely if America should be spreading anything, and you can debate whether you should be spreading it or not, but surely if America is going to spread anything, it shouldn't be democracy, it should be republicanism. It's the idea of God-given rights. It's the idea of limited government. It's the idea of real freedom. But no, George Bush said we needed a democracy project and we that's what we were going to get, damn it. What does this president know that we don't know? Did they just admit that they want a longer war? Or are they just laying the groundwork because this battle really isn't about Russia, really isn't about Ukraine, it's a proxy war. And this battle is ESG scores, the Great Reset versus freedom. And they want to control every aspect of your life. Which is it? Okay, John, I might care about what you just said about, you know, Republicanism and democracy, but surely, you know, that's not that big of a deal. I disagree, but let's just segue. Should we care about Chris Rock and Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, or should we care more about what your president announced this week? You see, he's unleashed his budget. And he's touting himself as, it's the biggest deficit reduction in all time. How he's fiscally conservative all of a sudden. Well, in that budget, there were some troubling proposals, which I want to talk to you about. But I need to lay the groundwork first. How socialists, progressives, leftists, advance their cause... Is they isolate a small number of people. And they target them. And most people. Because it's such a small minority. Most people kind of go. I'm busy with my everyday life. I'm busy worrying about me. This does not affect me at all. First they came. For the socialists. But I said nothing. Because I was a socialist. I wasn't a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists. And I said nothing. Why? Because I wasn't a trade unionist. They always target a small number of people. Because most people kind of go, yeah, you know what? doesn't affect me. Just get on with my everyday life. Most people won't know how to join the dots. They're too busy. And then all of a sudden, they target another minority. And another one. And another one. And another one. then all of a sudden, it becomes a consensus. This becomes the accepted norm of the day. And it affects everyone. You see, no one ever got in Ireland, we have an income tax. The top rate of income tax is about 40%. And if you earn in over 35,000 euros, sorry, $35,000, I think it is, you are in the top bracket. Every cent you earn over that taxed at 40%. Didn't start that way. It started a lot higher. But most people kind of went, I'll never earn that much money yet. Just tax the rich. It's fine. And then that keeps coming back and back and back. And then all of a sudden it attacks everyone. What are these two proposals that he unleashed in his budget that I want to talk to you about? That most people kind of go, this is only for the Elon Musks and the Jeff Bezos of the world. It has nothing to do with you. Because he repeated the same tired old line in this budget. About how if you earn under $400,000 a year, it won't affect you. You won't pay a cent more. Two policies. One, a 20% tax on everyone who earns over $100 million. Well, look, I'm never going to earn $100 million in a year. This doesn't affect me, John. Why should I care? Because that figure is going to get less and less and less. 20% minimum. Minimum. Also, it affects you because when... Let's just take the simple facts. And let's use the numbers that Joe Biden used. He said the average millionaire who earns over $100 million a year paid 8%. Okay, let's just take that for for gospel. And he wants it to be a minimum of twenty percent. You earn a hundred million dollars. You are now paying eight. He wants you to now pay twenty. What do you think is the impact on the economy for the loss of that twelve million dollars? It goes to the treasury, and the treasury gets to decide what, what aspect of your life it controls. Does it give more aid to Ukraine? Does it give new programs? Does it pay more money to illegal immigrants? Does it pay more government programs to, to you know, for another government program to help eliminate poverty even though it's never made any substantial impact on poverty? Compared to what the, you or me could do with that $12 million. if you're a millionaire that's earning $100 million a year, you're clearly some type of wealth creator. You own a business. You're involved in some aspect of business. Even if it's something simple, well, that 12 million, all I'm going to do is splash it out on whining and dining myself or buying extravagant gifts like fancy rings and jewelry. Okay, great. Those people get jobs because of it. Well, I'm just going to whine out and eat in fancy restaurants. Yeah, okay. Do you know how many people are reliant on that fancy restaurant for jobs? The waiters, the cooks, the busboys, the managers... The building people, the tables, the delivery drivers of the food, the waste disposal people. All those people don't get jobs anymore if you take that money off them. Or they don't get to grow. Or, well, what happens if they want to just buy fancy jewelry? We need to hate those rich people having those fancy, you know, $100,000 rings. Mm -hmm. The salesperson, the electricity, the lighting, the glass making, the cabinets the security, all that goes into a jewelry store. Those jobs don't just create themselves. So while you may be hateful of the rich and kind of going, oh, I don't want those rich people having all that stuff, you're affecting poorer people. Because the average salesperson or the average waiter in a, in a five-star restaurant isn't a millionaire and billionaire. The average chef in a five-star restaurant isn't a millionaire and billionaire. The average salesperson in the jewelry store is not a millionaire and billionaire and that's if they just go splurging it which would be very uncharacteristic for millionaires and billionaires why because yes they want a fancy life but why are millionaires millionaires and why are we not because they want to look for the next opportunity there's a chance a good chunk of that 12 million that if it had not been taken by the government would have been introduced into research and development do you think this sounds familiar? Can you imagine a millionaire? Can you think of Gordon Gecko saying something like the following? I want you to take that 12 million and I want you to go make it 50. And all the jobs that would create. You see, we need to stop this cycle of hatred towards rich people. I get it. I dislike some rich people. We're going to talk about that later on the show as well. But just because they're rich doesn't mean they deserve to have their rights taken away and have their property stripped for them. But that's the first policy that's included in his budget. There's a second policy which the left have been touting for about two years now which is absolutely horrific and will affect everyone. You see, it's not enough for us to tax the profits on a corporation. It's not enough for us to tax the profits of people making on profits on wall street or on investments on art, on cryptocurrency it's not enough for us to tax the profits when you sell that you see we need more revenue and they know this and they're now talking about an unrealized gain tax this is horrific and if you think this won't affect you you are wrong you see what an unrealized gain is Normally, let's just give you a simple thing. You have a product, an investment, a piece of gold, and it's worth a thousand dollars. And I buy it off you for a thousand dollars, and I keep it in my possession. I don't pay any taxes on it. And then in five years' time, I sell it for five thousand dollars. Well, most transactions are when you made a profit of four thousand dollars, you were in, you were made to pay capital gains tax on that four thousand dollars. Okay, that's the system. I disagree with it, but that's the system. What they are now wanting to do is, you bought that $1,000 by, by bit of gold, and now next year it's worth $2,000. Well, you have an unrealized gain of $1,000. You need to pay taxes on it. And then year two, it goes up to $3,000. You need to pay unrealized gains on the $2,000. But you haven't sold it. And eventually what happens is people can't afford to tax on it. So what do they do? They actually sell it. They no longer have that asset. They no longer have that piece of gold because it's become too expensive, taxation-wise, for them to keep. Why is this a horrible policy? First off, in typical government fashion, if, let's say, you bought that $1,000 piece of gold and after year two, it's only worth 900 you don't get to... You know, you don't get an unrealized, you know, tax return on that $100 loss. It only goes one way. Money from you to government. It's a one-sided transaction all the time. Government's role is to take as much from you as they possibly can at every opportunity. That's what this unrealized tax is. How will this affect you? Imagine you have a piece of land. And it's been in your family name for a long period of time. And then sadly your parents die. And they leave it to you. And let's say that piece of land is worth $200,000. Now all of a sudden it goes up. Property taxes. Can you pay your property tax and your unrealized gain tax? Eventually you now have to sell that property. That family property that could have been in your family for one generation, two generations, three generations, four generations. They want to take it. Why is this important? How do you think they get to a point where they can openly say by 2030 you will own nothing and be happy? You will own nothing because you're all in debt but also because of all these taxes. They're setting everything up to affect you. And this might sound like, well, it's for Elon Musk, it's for Jeff Bezos, it's for Mark Zuckerberg and I don't really like those people anyway. Mm-hmm. Really? Really? You don't like them, so it's okay to take their property. First off, we need to stop with that argument. I've seen that argument so much from both sides of the aisle. If you fundamentally understand the idea of America, you know your rights come from God. Not because you like someone or dislike someone. We need to stand for everyone's rights. But second of all, we need to stand for it because it's going to come for us next. You see, these millionaires, if they have an unrealized tax and a piece of land that's worth $10 million, they just get another loan. Or they reorganize a few things. We don't have the same abilities. Just ask yourself one question. If this pa- tax was passed, and let's say Mark Zuckerberg needed to find a billion dollars to pay this unrealized tax profit, prop, uh, tax, and he didn't want to sell any of his assets, he just phones up the local bank that he knows. Phones up someone ever who his contacts are at Citibank or Bank of America. Hey, this is Mark Zuckerberg. I need a billion dollars. Why? I need to pay my unrealized tax. I'll put this property up against it, though. Do you think they get to say no? No, sure, no problem, Mark. Same bank account as last time? Yep. Now imagine you having that conversation. You think your conversation would go as easy as Mark Zuckerberg's did? See, they don't want to just target the rich. They want to target everyone. It's just they sell you And, well, this doesn't affect me. Here's the problem that we need to start talking about. Do you think the right are going to stand up to this policy? Because this is in Biden's budget right now. Do you think the right are going to have the the intestinal fortitude to stand up and go, no, not on our watch. Bearing in mind, you have some Republicans who are going to vote for that Supreme Court justice nominee. Yes, the same person who can not identify, even though they're a black woman, can't clearly distinguish what makes a woman a woman and there's some republicans actually kind of going you know what maybe we should vote for her now maybe they don't in the end you can guess it's the usual suspects but you really think this republican party is going to stand up for that this republican party that at every opportunity when it's come to prior budgets has reached across the aisle when they didn't need to to get a bipartisan support budget you really think they're going to stand up to these policies Or do you think there's a chance they want them? Last story that impacts your life before I get to some good news. Some positive stories to leave you on. If we want to solve America's problems, it is critical we first do what every addict must do. If you go to any of the 12 step programs, first step is always the same. First, you have to admit your problem. The problem in America, and this is going to be painful for a lot of you to hear, is not the left. Yes, you heard me right. The problem in America is not the left. The problem in America is both sides not understanding their role. Both sides working together to destroy your freedoms. And the right do this just as much as the left. Except the right are in worse in my eyes. Why? Because the left never pretend to be my friend. The left have never stabbed me in the back. And despite what you think about them, they've never stabbed you in the back either. They come right for you. They go to stab you in the chest every time they guess. They despise you. They hate you. They want to bomb you if they possibly could. All analogies, of course. But the right, no, you see, I've had people do this to me. And I'm a nobody. The right will put their arm around you. Come on, buddy, we're all on the same side here come on, we're all, we're all fighting for the end goal. We might disagree on some things, but we're fighting for the same thing. And in the first opportunity they get, they stab you in the back. That's what the right does. What am I talking about? Supreme Court. I'm not going to gloat. I'm not going to tell you I told you so. But if you go back... To listen to this show when brett kavanaugh's nomination proceedings were happening i was telling you i would not vote for this guy this guy is a horrific justice and time and time again he has proved it you see there was a case in the supreme court that i need to talk to you about which has an impact on your life why because it's another yet violation of the constitution you see there was a case where the supreme court has put a partial stay on a case called Austin versus US Navy SEALs. Let me give you the background of this case and what has happened to this. Do you remember back when the vaccine mandate was a thing? And you remember people saying, well, look, if you really don't want the vaccine, you can apply for a religious exemption. Well, some people in the Navy applied for medical exemption or sorry, not a medical exemption, sorry, a religious exemption, I apologize. Approximately 4,000 people, men and women, who have fought for this country, who have paid the ultimate price for this country, and yes, I know most people will reserve that to people who died, but I always pay it to people who survive. Because I think if you go to see war, part of you does die because of what you get to see, part of what you get to experience. You can't go to war and in 100% and then all of a sudden come back the exact same person. You can't even go through training and come back the exact same person. You might come back a better person, but you're not coming back the exact same person. War and the military changes you. If it didn't, everyone would do it. But these people... Are people who said, you know what, I could have the American dream. I could have opportunities in the free market. Heck, most of these are so smart and so athletic, they could have maybe some sports scholarships. They could literally, are 18, 19, 20 year olds who could do anything with their life. And they decide, you know what, no. I'm going to sign up for something bigger. I'm going to sign up and represent my country and pretend, defend, and protect my country against all enemies, foreign and domestic and then COVID happens and they see it and they've got some skepticism or for religious reasons aside they don't want it and they applied for a religious exemption in case you don't know the stats 4,000 people seals filed for a religious exemption do you know how many were approved guess guess Zero zero and there was a lower case uh, this case in the lower court put a stay on it and they basically said if you are a navy seal and you file for a religious exemption this prevented the navy from taking adverse action against you for requiring and applying for that medical exemption well the supreme court in a ruling in 6-3 said no there's a partial stay you can take adverse reaction now in this administration do you think those 4000 Navy Seals how would you define their career prospects in the Navy Seals right now after this Supreme Court ruling do you think their outlook is really bright and rosy or do you think that um, maybe their career is destroyed who were the people who voted for this the usual suspects the liberal side of the of the court even though they're not liberal. Of course, you had John Roberts, because you know what? A bad ruling isn't a bad ruling unless John Roberts votes for it. Can we all agree on that? Brett Kavanaugh. And then the one that I'm shocked about, because while I didn't think she was a Gorsuch or a Clarence Thomas or a Lido, I thought she'd be a lot better than she would be Amy Comey Barrett. Six to three. They have continuously had a blind eye to religious exemption. And what makes this worse is no one cares. No one cares. I make no bones about I am so pro-military. The reason I don't speak German is because of the American military. As to debt, I will never, ever, ever have an opportunity to pay off I am so grateful for the American serviceman and woman. Even in conflicts where I disagree with them, where I say they shouldn't be involved, you'll notice I never ever demean the people who serve. It's always the decision. It's always the politics. It's always the people at the top. Why? Because the people who serve don't have an impact on that policy. They just took a note and it's their job to fulfill it. but who cares if we just keep on with the same rhetoric of well it's just the left that our problems in america no we on the right have so many issues as well but we just seem to turn a blind eye to when our side lets us down because have you heard this story anywhere so when i say i'm a bit emotional i'm a bit pissed off today I look at America, the country I love, the country I am so honored and blessed to live in right now that I still have the hope and aspirations that in about five years and three months I will have the honor of taking the Pledge of Allegiance as an American citizen for the first time. It is still the highest aspiration for me because I know your history. I know the idea. I know what this country is about. And all the media attention and all the hype, it's not on the Navy SEALs and the Supreme Court. It's not on Joe Biden's tweet about the upcoming battle. It's not on his gaffes in World War Three. It's on Chris Rock and Will Smith. This needs to change. Now, in case anyone is listening to this show and it's like, wow, John, I'm, I'm on the edge. Or, you know, as your old buddy Doc Thompson used to say, I'm on the roof. You know, and it's not looking good. You know, uh, could you give me some good news? I got plenty of good news. And I'm going to share some of it. And I'm going to share it very quickly with you. First one. I'm not getting involved in the internal politics of your country. I'm not going to say who should be the next president. Not my place. I don't have a vote. In five years and three months, I'll have a vote. And then I'll I'll publicly declare everyone who I'm voting for. No problem doing that. If I'm still in the public eye. But last week, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis seems to be one of the few governors who gets it. Who's standing up. You know the whole don't say gay bill. Even though that's not what it is. Even though if you break it down, and there's polls that have done this, break it down to what the bill actually does and says, do, you, do people support this or not? vast majority of American people, even Democrats, support it. But the propaganda is out in full force. Don't say gay! You're not allowed to say... It's nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. It's not an attack on anyone's rights. But yet, despite all the media, despite Disney, which is a big employer... In Florida coming out against this bill and all the employees all the hustle and bustle Ron DeSantis said he's not backing down good job good job I can only hope that other governors and other politicians are watching and seeing the impact you're having and go I'm gonna do that too because if America's gonna survive spoiler alert and this is constitutional it isn't by electing a great new president it isn't by electing some new great hope to the House or the Senate it's by the state standing up and saying no not in our state the answer is not meant to happen in DC the answer happens at a state level it's federalism it is the 10th amendment good job Governor DeSantis keep it up Second story, and I'm going to link this to this story. It's time people stop giving money to people who hate them. One of the things me and Tanya have done, and one of the simple things I'll make public is, Tanya and I used to be with at t Not anymore, we we're Patriot Mobile. And they're not a sponsor. We just moved to Patriot Mobile. We do business with local banks local bank in oklahoma we do everything local and as much and we're doing more and more as we can i'm sick and tired of giving money to people who hate me I'm just sick and tired of it i just can't take it anymore in a free market system or in a system that is largely free market competition rules you see you don't need a government dictate you don't need joe biden or donald trump to say this is right or this is wrong you just go to the consumer and go, hey, we have this alternative. I don't know what's going on at the Daily Wire. I don't have that many what you'd call contacts up at the higher echelons of the Daily Wire. That might shock you. But something exciting is happening at the Daily Wire. First one. They had a whole controversy last year where Harry's Razors. Where apparently they said, you know, we can't advertise with you anymore because of we don't like some of your content or some of the things your hosts stand for. Don't know the ins and outs of the story. But basically, they launched their own razors this week. Good job. I don't know whether the razors are any good, whether they're bad or not, but good job. Good story. If we want to solve the problems, and I spoke about this last year where I can see little sh- rays of light. The the ranchers. the The, the college in Austin. If we want to solve these problems, we need to stop looking to government and start looking to people to step up. Daily Wire with their razors. Harry's.com. There's a free plug. Go check it out. Even if you like Harry's or you dislike Harry's, you know, spots giving money to people that don't hate you is always a good thing. But their biggest impact, and the one I really wanted to talk to you about, the Daily Wire, is linked to Disney. You see, so many people, and I see it, where they have kids, they just trust Disney. They have the same view of Disney that I had growing up. That Disney was something magical. That Disney was the happiest place on earth. That Disney was filled with stories that we all grew up, especially if you're my age or older. The story of Pinocchio. Jeremy Cricket. The story of Aladdin. story of Sleeping Beauty. Of course, the story of Mickey Mouse. One of my favorites. We automatically assume Disney is good. It's noble. It's all wrapped up in, you know, the American family, the American dream, the American flag. See so many stories with it. But now you see the propaganda coming out of Disney and it's anything but. We can complain about Disney all day long. But the free market and capitalism says, you know what? Nope. We're going to solve the problem not by complaining about it, but by doing something about it. What has the Daily Wire done? They've launched Daily Wire for kids. I don't know what's going to be on this platform, but good job. More voices, more competition, not less. Even though I don't work for the Daily War, I have no, you know, avenue there. I work for the Blaze. I will always support people in this industry who want to make a positive difference. There are positive stories out there. Now the ultimate question is, will the American people, the American right, who always talk on social media about being so pissed off about how angry they are at the left. The question now becomes, will those people support jeremy's razors and daily wire for kids with their money because that is how they become a viable product one thing the left does really good is they support people who are activists the right don't i know many people who are book writers and they would love to do nothing more than go out and speak about their book and speak about promoting the ideas of american sometimes we agree and sometimes we disagree because some of them are more political. But they don't get the opportunity. Why? Because they can't fund it. What the left would do is they'd go and buy half a million of those books and distribute it. Get them all on all the talk shows. But then the half a million book set dollar or maybe you know 100,000 do- book sales or whatever the number is. They would have that money and then they'd go do more. And that would create more book sales. That's how they fund it. That's what they do. The right don't do that. And going out on touring right now is hard. Serving America is hard right now. It's expensive. You know this. If we want to start saving America, we need to start supporting people and voices that we like, that we love, that we think make a positive difference in society. Because here's where I get real with you. They want this by 2030. That's eight years away. And this is where I leave you with the most powerful, positive story that you can hear. If you've listened to this show, if you listen religiously every week, you know for the last month I've been looking at Ukraine and Russia and going, something just doesn't add up. Something's just not right the way Putin is fighting this war. It doesn't make sense. On paper, this should be a landslide, but it isn't. Why is this a positive story for you to hear? Because on paper it doesn't make it reality. People who want to write America off militarily. Oh, well, you know, if America has all these foes, look at Russia and China and Iran and North Korea. Oh, God, America could never, ever survive. Well, here's a number for you that you need to hear, or a stat, sorry. Russia has lost more people in Ukraine in four weeks of conflict than America did in Afghanistan and Iraq in eight years. It might be easy to think of America's demise on paper. It might be easy to think of, well, if we just have one military intervention with one of these countries, it's over. No, it's not. The American military is bigger, stronger, more powerful and more experienced and has a more proven track record than these countries. On paper, they sure look good and strong, but in reality, it's different. But I don't want to talk to you about, about military. I want to talk to you about your country, our country. On paper, it might be so easy to look at it and say, America's done. America's over. On paper, I, I disagree But even on paper, even if I agreed with you, that doesn't make it so. America does not end when it says so on paper. America ends when the last person leaves, switches off the lights and says, you know what, America's dead. America's over. It's time to start understanding that we in this nation are something special. That this nation is unique. Does that mean that we have to do nothing and that we'll always be unique and that we'll always be exceptional and that we just need to just keep going with the emotions and that we can talk about Chris Rock and Will Smith all day? No, it doesn't. It means we're required to act. And that if we get our act together, even at this late stage of the game where we are eight years away from owning nothing and being happy, even at this late hour of the game, the comeback is possible. The comeback is realistic. Why? Because this is America. This is the country where the impossible is made possible. But for it to happen, it requires actions. Let me bring you back to where I started. I spoke to you about your thoughts and your words. Now listen to the end of it. Watch your actions. They become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, they become destiny. What is the character of America? It's time for the American character that I know and love to stand up and once again be counted. It's time for the American character of looking evil in the eye and not blinking. It's time for the American character that says, Mr. President, tear down this wall to be reimagined, to be reapplied. That backbone is needed because they will become our destiny. What words, thoughts, actions, habits, and character are going to become our destiny? Is he going to be one of us giving up? Us being more enthralled by Will Smith and Chris Rock and a slap that was most likely staged? Or are we going to talk about the real issues? Are we going to believe America is dead and that there is no hope for the future because we're all so angry, bitter and pissed off? Are we going to stand up and say, yes, we're hurt? Yes, we're beaten, but we're not down. Why? Because we're Americans. And win, lose, or draw, we're going to stand for what we believe in. We're going to work to promote it. We're going to continue the legacy of our forefathers, where they saw impossible odds, immovable objects, And they persevered and thank God they did because they are the reason we live in the country we live in today. What's our destiny? Our destiny is yet to be written. Our destiny is what we make it. What are you going to make it? Want to give up or want to stand? I can't speak for you. I can't speak for anybody else. All I can say is, I'm all in. I'm all in. I didn't come to this wonderful nation. I didn't fight for 18 years to get here legally, to just get here to give up. Maybe I have some romantic notion of America that isn't realistic. Maybe that's true. I don't believe it is. But you are different. You are a league apart. You changed the world. And you can again. We can again. If we just believe. I hope this show has given you something to think about. As always, I salute you, the great American people. Never ever forget, America is great because Americans are good. Until next Saturday at 12 noon Eastern... Please share this with a friend and have a beautiful and blessed week. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com/podcasts.